So let's get this started. Hello everybody, welcome back to the strategy show. We are super pumped because today the CEO of Vital Design is back. Hi, Zach. Hi, Simon. How are you today? I am so pumped to have you here because today we talk recession marketing. This thing, this economic downturn uh, following the pandemic is so serious and nobody of us knows what the repercussions of it will be. The second wave, the economic repercussions of what we're experiencing. So every business owner right now is asking themselves, should I reduce my marketing expenses in the digital field? Should I move everything to digital? How much of my profits, how much of my revenues should I put into which kind of inbound or outbound? What should I do really? What should I do? Yeah, great, great questions. And there's no perfect answer, right? Because all your, all the people you're talking about here are probably in a different business and they're in a different uh, arc of their success. Um, you know, lucky, luckily in this one, most people had a pretty good Q1. Let's just, let's just say, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, around the U.S. at least, I can speak to a little bit better, but um, most people are coming off a banner quarter, right? The economy was just jamming and there should be some money there, but it would not be, uh, you would not be an entrepreneur, you'd not be a business owner if your first thing wasn't to say the sky is falling. And, you know, first it was probably a little denial as we started to unroll <laughs> that this was happening. And then this immediate feeling like, uh, oh my God, I am, this is gonna kill me. Um, this is gonna kill my family. This is gonna kill my businesses. I've worked so hard for this. Um, I mean, this is exactly where I was, right? I just like, I literally, um, I knew that we couldn't withstand what was coming, um, mostly because I didn't understand where we were um, and there was a lot of unknown out there. And so I immediately went into, holy moly, everything I've worked for my whole life um, will fall, is gonna fall apart. And that's an unbelievably scary place to be and it's certainly somewhere we would expect to be. It was where we were in 2008. I owned six companies in 2008. I was spread really thin. Um, and the only company that seemed to be unaffected by 2007 to 2010 timeframe and was actually growing was Vital, which was a, a marketing company that I, I owned um, at the time. And I had to make some really tough, tough decisions during that time period. Most of them actually worked out and everything turned out to be okay, but we've been through this before, right? And, um, and what I would say is the first thing is, is like, I'm in big trouble and um, I'm gonna have to make some huge cuts and I'm gonna have to, you know, batten down the hatches and, and go in and do everything I can to cut. We, we recognize that is completely the opposite thing from the truth. Now, you are gonna have to tighten your belt in a lot of areas uh, in a recession. So when we start thinking about how, how what do we do here, you know, tighten down the, the, the belt is, is an important one. What happened with Vital pretty quickly is, you know, we looked around and said, what, what can we cut sensibly? What can we, what's gonna really cost us more than the damage that the economy's already having? And 
uh, on our business. And we immediately, well, somebody in our one of our meetings, I'd say lean on your team heavily during these times, bring them into the conversation. That was one of the first things we did and it was really big. It allowed me not to think in a vacuum and to, to just say, oh Jesus, I'm dead, you know, and uh, immediately people said, hey, listen, we're not seeing this on the ground. We're, we're, we know it's coming, but we're not seeing it on the ground. And the last thing we want our clients to see is uh, potentially any sort of us struggling or batting down the hatches or, or cutting. Um, so certainly let's look at our frontline staff. In our business, that's service, right? We provide account management and product man project management services. So you immediately know that's an area you're probably not gonna pull your belt on. You're gonna tighten your belt on. Now that said, we also knew sales were gonna go down tremendously. New client sales were gonna go down. So that might might have been an area where we could tighten the tighten the belt a little bit. As well, there are some really behind the scenes positions that if we had to go without, um, you know, we could we could maybe cut five percent of our workforce in production areas without having a huge you know, we're doing a lot of R&D, we're, we're trying some things that are new, you know, those guys are, 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 you know, potentially there's one person in each department who's working on internal things that may not be important to the core competencies we have, so maybe we should cut there. So, you know, but it, immediately your idea to cut can be the worst decision you make. So first one, you know, realize that you're going to have to get through this and companies will get through this and don't think that the way you're going to get through it is cut everything because there's probably just you know there's a lot of proof out there and there's a lot of articles out there that will tell you that those are the companies that weathered the storm the worst and of course this comes from you know how are you doing going into this some people just have no options some people go out of business in times like this and I, I get it. It could ha it could happen to me. It could happen to I, I still own three businesses. It could definitely happen to one of the three for sure. So um, who knows going forward, um, you know what every company could do. But I can tell you immediately once you get past that part of cutting, it becomes um, you know what where what else can you do from a uh, I, I go to people process product, right? So the Mark Lamonis talk, right? And and people we just talked about um, process. Well, this gets really interesting. Um, in 2007 to 2010, a ton of salespeople were cut. They were back then. Sales really ran the sales and marketing pipeline. Salespeople were getting paid huge amounts of money, and clients really during that time frame really learned the lessons of, of how to be good marketers. Uh, they poured tons of money, and this goes back to why Vital was successful from 2007 to 2010. Is we had stopped saying putting 20% of our content online and asking 80% of the sales to be done through salespeople. And we started saying, let's put 80% of the sales stuff online and let our salespeople do 20% of the work. And that complete di you know, you know, paradigm shift, to use a buzzword, was, was great for the marketing industry, but also great for business and great for consumers. All of a sudden, you didn't have to call everyone to find out things. You didn't have to talk to salespeople to, to have those conversations. I mean, this was a real fundamental change and I would say only about 30 to 50% of the companies out there learned that lesson in 2007 to 2010. And I would say we're going to see the other 50 to 70% learn it here right now. The world is going digital. Um, this, your salespeople in your organization can do a lot more if they're not doing the 
um, lead gen and prospecting. And for the last 10 years, I've been telling people the story of like, you're, you're a sales driven organization. You don't understand that you can create a machine online and through digital marketing channels that can do the same things your salespeople are doing. You're using hiring 50 salespeople because that's what you need to generate the pipeline and the leads. If you can let the, if you can let your systems and your process generate those leads, then there's a good chance you need one tenth of the number of salespeople or two, you know. And they work 24-7, they are never tired. They oh, live yeah. holidays because it's automated, right? Yeah, yeah and, and tell me about it. And, and you know what reality is, is like, nobody's waiting around to do their research and consideration for, uh, you know, when, you know, for when the salesperson knocks on their door. They're doing that stuff online. If you're not online at eight o'clock at night with the answers they're looking for, you're not part of the conversation the next day when they have to go tell their boss, I've evaluated four vendors and these are them. Even if they gave you referrals, if those people, if you can't feel comfortable calling them at night, like those people are out of the conversation. If their website doesn't back up the referral and other websites look better and, and we're not just talking about looks, we're talking about thoughtful, considerate pipe, transparent information about the products and things they're buying that satiate their needs during the research and consideration and analysis phases of the buyer's journey. If you're not doing that stuff online correctly, like you're not part of the conversation the next day. And this is what, this is the shift that happened in, um, you know, you know, that, that's been happening. And, but unfortunately the we've been so successful for a 10 year period as a society and as, a, as, as certainly in the U S um, and, and I would imagine it's the same way in Europe where you are that, um, we've been out to being able to outspend, um, our process, our process sucks. What I'm saying about this 50 to 70% of the people's process still sucks. And the biggest companies, most successful companies in the world are doubled down on bad process because they, all they know is sales and they, they know that if they hire more salespeople, they'll get more sales. They don't understand that marketing has, I always said, always kind of held the jock strap of the sales team for so long. All we did was get them better sales materials to do the same old horrible job of selling. But if they actually realize now that marketers are actually creating pipeline and creating leads and doing it through organic methods that actually channels and assets that they already own, then they would realize they don't need to be so indebted to these sales teams because, but they are. And the reason why PPC is another example of this, like when we're rich and we had tons of money, we just throw money at, at sales teams. So, um, you know, and they just do their job and that's the way it was done. Well, not the innovative companies, not the best companies out there, not the unicorns that got successful through 2007 to 2010. But the ones that are in more traditional fields like bio and pharma and uh, you know and, and, and tech in a lot of ways they're the they're like the, it's the ultimate cliche that most tech companies don't know how to market. They all have been used to, so used to getting free money and doing things the way their investors want them to do it. They're not thinking innovatively. So there's a, a lot of this, uh, you know, there's a lot of this out there. Um, so uh, you know, I would say work on your processes, right? So like. Tighten your belt where you can with your people, work on your processes, bring stuff online, make it easier. We do a lot in the world of B2B e-commerce. B2B e-commerce is, is kind of a term that I've learned from being a Magento partner and an Adobe partner. I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense because sometimes you do B2B e-commerce in B2C e-commerce, but it's essentially when, you know, you think of e-commerce as like, uh, you know, 
you know, one of the Kardashians wants to sell jewelry and they or oils or whatever, and you just need a regular e-commerce site. But if you're a B2B manufacturer trying to sell direct, like you have all sorts of hurdles. Your salespeople actually do configurations in the field. Your engineers help during the sales process. You, you need configurators and calculators and, you know, before somebody can actually make a purchase online or even like see a price, which is what they ultimately want during those research and consideration phases is to understand what this might cost. And so many big manufacturers and so many B2B companies obfuscate that and hide it and do whatever they can. B2B commerce is a world of like, how do I build like technology into my website that's going to help somebody get the answers, address the empathy that they might have in, in buying from us. And it's a more complex sale than maybe essential oils or, a, you know, jewelry, right? You know, which, which go to Shopify, put up a WooCommerce site, which we, we love both of them. Um, but, you know, ultimately when the type of companies we're talking about have much more sophisticated problems and we're solving those problems. This is the perfect time to think about solving them. I can't tell you how many of our current clients are saying to me, Zach, I've cut staff. I, I'm cut, I, I feel irresponsible coming to you and asking you to build me something during this time uh, because, but I need to because I got to come out the other side of this better than my competitors. And it's the first time in a long time I've had time to think about this stuff. I've been so indebted to my salespeople, getting numbers, get me more leads, get me more leads, get me more leads, paying out the wazoo to get leads. Right now, we're not going to get them. Marketing can seem really tone deaf right now in certain industries, especially. And the, so pumping more money into your pay-per-click strategy or things like that, you know, are, are just not going to get you the results you want. But putting money into your process and doing stuff like that right now where you have some time and potentially can redirect some money, that's going to be huge. Um, you know, percent of our profits should we put into marketing and sales? right now in this crisis yeah i mean certainly it just depends the industry if you're if you're selling n95 masks uh 50 of your you know i i would say uh, you know but if, if you're selling something that would be toned up obviously sometimes marketing is 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 I, and i don't think of it as profit what what i think of is um, in order to be profitable, how much should I be putting into that? I mean, in a traditional industry, manufacturing industry, and, and many others, you're putting about 25% uh, into your sales and marketing. 25% uh, of your expenses are going into sales and marketing, right, as a whole. That shift needs to be, now of that 25%, what I'm telling you is most companies are at about 20 to 22%, especially manufacturing companies, 20 to 22% of that 25% or let's just say 90 to 90 90% uh, 85 to 95% of it is still in sales shift that from 85 95% to uh, put go go, to, go the opposite direction almost because your salespeople aren't going to be successful right now in most industries that said the ones that are start taking a step back from that traditional uh, you know unevolved uh, position of spend and start thinking 50 50 for those who can't sell right now put everything you, you can into your marketing systems to build pipeline and automate pipeline and automate leads down the road for when you come out of this because there will be you will come out of this and you will want to run leaner and better and be able to compete. And the only, you know, there are plenty of people who know these formulas and much better than I do that we've learned them from our clients. There are innovative people out there who understand their sales teams are unsustainable, unscalable, and don't, you know, are, are only to be used in times of increased, incredible success and luxury. 
Beautiful. Does that does that make does that make some sense there? And then we can talk about product. Um, you know, your product. You need to cut back to your core product, right? Like, what is working right now? What's selling? You know, don't. You know, if you're going to look to cut, here's another area where you can cut. Stop doing stuff that it, it hasn't been working, wasn't really working, wasn't a profit center. Obviously, if you have an area that's showing huge signs of increase right now, don't cut that either. But get back to your core product that made your business and uh, work really hard on that core product and make it better. Don't add features, but think about where it's going, how you can retool it for today's economy, what's going to come out of this. Think about the ways to market it better so that people understand it better. Uh, that whole product mix thing is super, is super big. Um, and, you know, for us, just to, to end this segment, you know, I, I think that my immediate thing, so we went through this so quickly. We're so lucky we're a marketing company to do this. I'm not saying it worked incredibly well, but first thing we did is webinar about webinars, right? Uh, it was immediate. Um, it was the only thing that didn't seem tone deaf. We, every one of our clients was saying, every trade show has been cut for the rest of the year. We need to do webinars on virtual trade booths, webinars, uh, you know, all sorts of different ideas around webinars, but essentially they were webinars, right? And we immediately, because we worked so hard on building an SEO machine, started ranking at the top of the search engines for how to build webinars. And a webinar was upcoming about webinars and all this stuff. So that was huge, but it wasn't really our product, right? We don't get great clients from helping through webinars because if they don't have a good machine underlying that webinar, they're not going to get the leads and and things that they need out of that webinar. So it was short term, it helped us stay relevant, it built some upon our SEO, and it was kind of part of this trajectory of, of coming to terms with the fact that we needed people to become accepting of what was going on out there. So we needed to address what they were addressing, even though we knew it wasn't a perfect match for our business. Immediately, the next thing was, we were seeing everyone struggle with their paid budget. Just like you just asked, how much should I be putting into paid? What should we be doing with our paid? So we did immediately did a pivoting, your paid strategies. A, there's some free stuff out there from Google and Facebook right now. Should I be taking advantage of it? How can I make my paid strategy? Should I be spending there? Is there any success? Obviously it depends on the industry, it depends on a lot of stuff. So we, we did an awesome webinar on our website. You can see it, I think it went up today um, as an on-demand webinar. I know the webinar webinar is on demand today. Um, certainly by the time this gets posted, both will be up. But the real story that we wanted to tell is what I'm talking to you about today. And so that webinar is, is actually planned out for next week, which will probably be about the time this comes out. And that webinar is really about helping people make good decisions during time like this. The first ones were just addressing the panic and the change and the denial and the you know, people trying to figure out a way to spend their last marketing dollars and blah, blah, blah. This next one is this conversation. It's such a helpful one and I'm willing to help anybody. We have a chat bot. I actually manned the chat bot, if you can believe that, on our website because I take such you know pride in, 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 in our brand and who we are and so do some of our best strategists. So hit us up on the chat bot um, if you have any questions and and um, and really, you know, this, this is the conversation that needs to be had. What can you do in a time like this? Um, so I appreciate you facilitating it. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Zach. So helpful in this recession. And I am so happy that you come back next week to our show because next week I want to know everything about how you did break through the ceiling of the 1 million revenue to get it to 10 million because all we entrepreneurs, we know how hard that is. And um, 
So, see you next week, Zach. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Everybody, see you next week. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Entrepreneurial freedom is awesome. It's also a lot of hard work to get there. And when you are there, it's easy to lose your grip. Our community of over 16,000 entrepreneurs is getting stronger and stronger every week because we amplify each other. We share what works and drop the rest. We test, refine, improve. Check strategysprints.com slash clarity to level up your business and have fun doing it.